Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 184. We were originally going to do this discussion about a week or two ago after a friend of the show submitted this idea. I think Josh will have to give clarification as to who that was in a little bit. Uh, but then we talked about how MCU Phase 4 sucks. So we're coming back to it this week of bad movie endings, but not only bad movie endings, how we would have fixed it. Because, you know, we're professional writers here. We're clearly smarter than people that are actually paid to do this. Just kidding. Writers, we still respect you a great deal. And some of these movies we actually like, but it's the endings that don't either stick it yeah. completely or they could have been improved. So this is just a fun yeah. little exercise for us of kind of half list, half fantasy booking. So that kind of merges stuff that we already talk about on the podcast. But uh Josh, how you doing tonight? Living the dream, my dude. Oh uh, we're that back bad, on huh? that uh <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> As I say at work all the time, living the dream. I mean I, probably not my dream, but you know, somebody's I'm sure. I love the angel <laughs> meme of just like you know, a white guy's having a bad day when you ask him how he's doing. He says, live in the dream. That just, that's, that, that's white people speak for I'm dying inside. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, there I did like before we got on, like I am having a bad brain day, like legit. Like I was supposed to pick my brother up from what I thought was school. Uh, and I thought it was at two thirty. Yeah, sh- thought it was at 2.30. It was ended up being at 2. So I went to where he normally is for school, and nobody was in the parking lot. So I was like, um, I'm picking you up from school, right? And he's like, Josh, it's July. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm at work. Oh, yeah, I'll be right there. <laughs> now, now I'm just picturing a nearly 30-year-old man in a school parking lot in the middle of July. Somebody's going to be on the phone just calling, oh, God, the Johnson boys yeah. at it again. Stranger danger. Yeah. He's got the mustache and everything. Oh, okay. But still, yeah, I was. Uh, it's de- it was definitely like it's been a brat bad brain day all day today. But it is, it'll be what it is, and it is what it be. I guarantee you, though, even on your bad brain today, today, it's got to be better than some of your concussion days back in the day. Of... <laughs> oh, yeah, boy, that was, a, that was a very different brainological person right there. Of Josh. Brainological? All right, we're, we're coming up with words now. Brainological should be an actual word. Brainological <laughs> sounds right. Like shrubbage. That's an actual word, McKinsey Hubbacheck. Suck it. <laughs> Oh, shrubbage. Nothing like a good Monty, uh, Monty Python meme for me. That's an actual, Ooh. it should be a word. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, sure, 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 sure. Anyway. Uh, Are you watching anything that's not shrubbage and or other small children in school parking lots? Jeez. Um, I... Off to a great start. Oh, we're, dude, this, this is like peak Uncharted media right now. Um, I... Watched a couple documentaries this week. Um, first of all, we're yeah, yeah, That's I know. It's just a hard like, pivot there. I'm not surprised that you're yeah. watching a documentary. It's oh. just that it's a hard pivot to watching uh, kids in a, a... <laughs> watching watching people in a school parking lot too. I watch documentaries. Josh is getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, not as much of a hard pivot as I'd like it to be. Um, one of them was a black hole documentary about when they finally got like actual picker, pictures of a, of a black hole and like how they had to interpret the data into creating a picture and stuff like that. It was super cool. I find, I find space so fascinating. So I was like, oh yeah, this is great. I love this. And the other one 
and I have no reason why I flipped this on. I barely listened to their music, uh, but I watched the Blackpink documentary. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, Blackpink is a K-pop <laughs> K-pop group. Um, and I see like memes from that, like in like little like videos of from them, like on reels and stuff like that all the time. So I was like, oh, well, let's you know, let's watch it and see. What, I mean, it's cool. It's very fascinating to find out about all this stuff about a group I have no emotional connection to. But uh, it was it was really interesting to see the behind the scenes stuff for like what goes on for these companies that create k-pop groups and stuff like that so like that was really really that part was more fascinating for me for me than the actual like getting to know the group and stuff like that but yeah <laughs> that was uh that was weird that was a weird choice of mine <laughs> eclectic that's josh's yeah. word for the day and to describe yeah. his documentary tastes uh, I watched two things. Both things came out this year, which I can't remember the last time I watched like multiple things all coming out that are like new releases. So I went to the theater and saw The Black Phone, the new yeah. Scott Derrickson movie based off a Joe Hill story. If you didn't tell me Joe Hill was Stephen King's son, I could still absolutely see that from the story of it. It very much feels like a Stephen King story. Uh, it's really, really good. Not particularly that scary at least not to me there's like one or two pretty decent jump scares but nothing like this director's scott derrickson also did sinister which has one of the most horrendous jump scares of all time with the lawnmower uh there's nothing to that Love level it. in this but it's definitely a tense thriller uh ethan hawk is fantastic the child actors are outstanding in this movie um really really good time i'm happy to see it doing well at the box office uh, but the other like sleeper hit in terms of like box office and critical reception this year that I wa finally got around to watching was Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is the most balls-to-the-wall insane movie I could probably have seen in quite a few years, possibly ever. This movie is absolutely nuts. Uh, it starts off kind of slow, but... There's a fight scene that kind of kicks off all the major action and the major storyline. And after that point, I'm just going, I don't know what's happening, but I can't look away. And by the end of it, you're like sobbing, just going, I have felt the circle of life. I have felt everything there is to feel. And I'm, I'm shaking to my core. Like, it it makes it's a movie that makes you feel happy by the end of it. It kind of makes you feel a little sad, makes you feel a little existential. Like they're just like in all this mass vast multiverse, what what impact do your choices have? Nothing. But still make them because it makes you you. And I'm just going Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> but it, it's absolutely insane of like it's it's a multiverse movie to the fullest extent. I know Jamie Lee Curtis was talking smack about Doctor Strange before seeing this because they came out around the same time. This is actually a multiverse movie that takes bizarre risks. So in order to like tap in to your multiversal power or your multiversal self, you've got to do something super, super bizarre. When the most normal thing that someone does to activate their multiversal power is eating a stick of chapstick, you know you're in for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> like he just he like pops it up i think he's gonna put it on a li his lips and he just straight up eats the whole bar of chapstick i'm going oh 
Uh, but then you got another grown man doing a cannonball with no bottoms. He's Winnie the Pooh in it onto something to give himself powers. I'll just give you that mental image. Uh, it's while it's like if Deadpool actually had something relevant and important to say to the human condition. It, it's so hard to describe this movie, but I cannot recommend it enough. At the same time, I don't know if I can recommend it to people. I can recommend it to Josh because Josh loves insane movies and I think he'll get it. But this is definitely one of those movies that you will either get it or you won't get it. Um, it's a beautiful movie. It's an insane movie. That's all I can really say about it, I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been looking to see it for a while and I just I have, didn't have time when it was in theaters, unfortunately. So but now that you've seen it and it's gotten your glowing review, I absolutely will have to check it out. Uh I do, I vividly remember you sending me a text that a certain actor deserves every award we can throw yes. at him from here on so, out. So, uh, Michelle Yeoh is the main actress in this, and she's phenomenal. But her husband in the movie is played by the same actor that played Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And he is so good in this movie. I need him to be in more stuff now. He is so good in this. Uh, everyone's fantastic, but I, I need more short round in my life now yeah i believe it well and like i think some of the i remember him being in interviews and saying like he saw what was it uh crazy rich asian asians and like seeing some of the asian representations that's been coming up lately in movies and was like wow i could i could actually get like a job as an actor nowadays that's awesome and i'm gonna hop back in there and like so he does i'm like i'll just that's so cool. I love seeing people who left the industry at a time when they didn't feel like there was enough like viable jobs for them. Uh, and now they can come back and just, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, I'll definitely have to check the movie out. Now let's get into some news as I want to say I'm surprised by this, but at the same time, I'm not. So mm -hmm. for weeks and months leading up to the release, of the Disney Plus series, Miss Marvel, Josh and I repeatedly joked because it was the one show that we felt like this is probably not the show that's targeted for us, and that's totally fine. We'll probably skip yeah. this. We might come back to it at a later date. But you watch, you watch, guys. This will be the most important show the Disney Plus has ever done. But because we didn't watch it, well, guess what freaking happened? It ended up being the most important show that Disney Plus has ever done. Now we gotta go back and watch it supposedly it's excellent like it's the highest rated yeah absolutely marvel anything they've ever done awesome i've seen some clips i think i would really like it so i'll go back and watch it eventually but why is this important spoiler alert for the people that have not seen miss marvel yet that includes us we're just going to go off of what we've seen from the little clips that have basically poured over the internet because if you haven't by now i'm sure you've seen the news which is why we'll talk about it now last spoiler warning miss marvel has officially introduced mutants into the MCU, and all of us are just going, this one, this show, this project, Miss Marvel, the Inhuman <laughs> in the comics, which we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit here, uh, the notoriously Inhuman character, which I'm not as pissed about that as nearly as some other people, this, this smaller show, on Disney Plus is where you introduce the biggest detail into the MCU thus far. Okay. 
This was a choice. <laughs> I mean, to a certain extent, we had Doctor Strange in, in the yeah. Multiverse of Madness, but that was multiversal. That was a different universe's Professor X. That was a different universe's mm-hmm. um, Mr. Fantastic. Or is it? Um, mm-hmm. But now we have confirmation that mutants exist in the MCU with one of the characters saying there's something wrong with your genes or something different. You have a mutation. And then, as if that wasn't just a tease, people would be like, well, they could have said any word. The mutation is just a word. They do that right after going, oh, so every time anybody says mutant or mutation or something adjacent to that, we're going to get the classic X-Men theme, to which I love seeing all the memes already about people just going... Here's Cyclops. Here's Wolverine. Here's Jubilee. No, Jubilee does not get that. Here's Dazzler. Moving on. We don't all have winners. But but Miss Marvel. Now, I know some people are already mad. They're just like, well, in the comics, she was an inhuman. And this is this is erasure for inhumans. First of all. I get you, but the general population doesn't give two squirts of piss about the Inhumans. That's <laughs> neither does Kevin Feige. He got burned nope. that badly that he's just going, screw you all, no Inhumans. But also, to all those comic peers out there, the creator of Miss Marvel has straight up said, we always wanted her to be a mutant. But Ike Perlmutter, the dick that he was back in the day, the guy that was in charge of the company, that division at least, when uh, Kamala was created, vetoed that and forced her to be an Inhuman because they weren't making X-Men comics at the time because they're just like, well, Fox is making X-Men, so we can't have X-Men comics because Ike Perlmutter was a dingus, and I'm glad he's not in a position of power anymore. There's a lot of horrible stories about him. That's Ike Perlmutter is also the reason why it took us forever to get a female-led movie in the MCU because he was just a dick. Uh, so Miss Marvel was always intended to be a mutant. They just shut that down, so now they're kind of retconning their own decision. Um... This was a choice. I'm still kind of processing <laughs> how I feel about this, but Josh, mutants yeah. are in the MCU. Now kicking off from Miss Marvel of all things. I mean, I don't hate it. Um, I don't hate that at all. Um, I think personally, uh, with how to me the X Men starting in a in the most smallest and un- unlikely of corners for the MCU makes the most sense to me. Uh, because at the at its core, the the mutants story and the the X Men story is not about superheroes. It's about people dealing with things that that are different from the the normal experience. So it's like, I just yeah, I'm okay with that. Absolutely. Um, I kind of am glad that they saved this for her and not some through yeah, something else into the multiverse of madness. Um, Because could you imagine if they were just like, hey, yo, and uh, this teleport girl is also a mutant. It's like, cool, but she's from a different universe. So what does that do for us? Uh, So, yeah, but it's cool. I'm I'm down. Sure. Why not? Um, I'll be interested to see where we go from here, I think, is the thing. And where we go from here will be just as important as them being like, let's like throw this in. Um, I will say. 
my one thing about this is while the reasoning and everything like makes sense about why why her absolutely uh yes she was the only reason one of the only things keeping giving like the inhumans any kind of relevance in the comics but guess what the inhumans aren't relevant today so let's now she's a mutant uh, totally okay with that i mean it, it's not like the mcu hasn't gone off script before when it comes to comic book accuracy and uh have we complained before mm, not really honestly uh to but to be fair we haven't complained before about lack of comment okay you know what leave me alone i i say that knowing that there's something in our dis discussion that i'm going to bring up but yeah um the one thing that's hard for my like the back of my my brain the little pessimistic part that's like scratching a little bit and it's like the only reason they did this they made this move was so that we have to watch watch miss marvel and i really hate that that's a feeling that i get but given the current state of phase four i don't think that's that surprising of a stretch it's weird so, though that this one that they kind of build as the smaller scale show mm -hmm, of like mm -hmm. the not as much stakes kind of like hawkeye of smaller stakes not world ending this is the one that they introduced the earth shattering revelations it it's felt like the most recent marvel projects is you have to see the next marvel whatever it is because this will be where the big revelations are revealed like we expected in the multiverse of madness to kind of be this multiverse shattering huge everything changes now the status quo didn't really change a whole lot after dr strange um correct same thing with WandaVision we expected, but they've been, nothing's really changed the universe, but they keep advertising it. Whereas Miss Marvel, they never advertised it to change the universe. And in reality, it actually ends up doing that. Um, so I think in that regard, it's pretty cool. Uh, I will say though, I do find this timing very interesting and incredibly mm -hmm. well played out because this finale aired what was it last wednesday basically a week ago from yep. when this episode comes out huh just just a week and a half later comic-con comes out weird that that's so, that's so weird. crazy that's that's wow. so weird that kevin feige introduced mutants in the mcu a week and a half before comic-con in which case you know they haven't announced any future Marvel movies yet. Huh. I wonder what something that they could announce at Comic-Con might be. <laughs> I Secret wonder. We're, gonna, no, no, no. <laughs> we're going to Secret Wars. Sorry. No, we're, all the all the mutant stories, they are not existing anymore. They were just going straight to Secret Wars. Uh, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's, Anybody it's try turning off Josh? Noting him back on again? <laughs> Just reboot it. No, nobody's trying to turn me on and off again. Anyway, um, <laughs> segue out of this before we start digging ourselves into a hole there. Um, yeah, I I think the timing was very intentional here. Of like, we got to make sure we get Miss Marvel out before Comic Con. And there's there's been some discussion about like what will actually be revealed at Comic Con. We'll talk about that in a news topic in a little bit here. Um. I'm not expecting as big of a Comic-Con as some other people are because mm -hmm. D23 is a thing. But I, mm -hmm. I'm i expecting some reveals. I wouldn't be surprised if we get something mutant-related soon, uh, potentially by the end of this week. Uh, but I think this is cool. I like that it wasn't over the top. 
everyone's freaking mm-hmm. out because it's mutations and they play the X-Men theme. But as Kevin Feige is known to do, it was a small breadcrumb first before anything yes. else. He plays the long game for better or for worse. It's agonizing to watch at times. But at the same time, I know in the long term, I appreciate that more. We whine and complain for a lot of years about what they're doing with Tom Holland Spider-Man. And then we get out of No Way Home and we're going, we're sorry. You were right. You had a plan. <laughs> or we waited for, kind of. what was it, like six to seven years to finally hear Avengers mm-hmm. Assemble. We're going, why are they not pulling the trigger on this one line? Oh, they're waiting for it to actually have relevance to the story and feel like a big cathartic moment. Oh, that makes it, it, sense. Kind of, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. That actually makes sense it's, there. I will say that is like the one line from from uh, Endgame where I was like, I love that these finally said it, and it's cool, and it means a lot in this moment. But it doesn't actually like. It's kind of confusing if you ever if you take more than five seconds to think about it. Yeah, I love. They're the already memes. assembled. They're already here. They're already assembled, but also he whispers it. So I love all the memes that. Um, it's like Iron Man next to Black Panther, and you're just like, "What did he say?" I think he said, "Charge go!" Because <laughs> like Thor immediately yells after it, just like yep. Thor is the one that actually charges people into battle. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, we've got mutants finally. So now the the question is like, how is everyone else gonna be here? Like, were they here the entire time? Did something happen with the blip that caused mutants? Which I kind of hope is not the case because we need some mutants to exist for a while, like Professor X or Magneto, I think would be great. Uh, but this is clearly a step towards big things. And again, do find the timing to be quite coincidental that it happened right before Comic-Con. Not that saying anything will be announced at Comic-Con, but uh, I wouldn't completely rule it out just yet. Now, jumping across the pond from Marvel to DC, we've got our latest Batgirl update. I feel like we haven't talked about this at least in a little bit. But now it seems a little bit more likely that Batgirl won't be coming out this year. Not surprised there. And it will instead be coming out next year with a little bit of a caveat. So, I think it was a UK theater chain was posting that Batgirl has now been delayed till 2023 for a theatrical release, to which all of us are just going... Say what now? Uh, does that apply to everyone else? And I I think the people the pr- people involved with Batgirl said it was delayed, but they didn't specify whether it would be a theatrical yeah. release or not. Uh, I feel like we've talked about this before. This is not surprising in the slightest because the Flash got delayed. You kind of need the Flash to come out before Batgirl comes out because even the directors would be like, yeah, we didn't we didn't really know why Michael Keaton's Batman was here and J.K. Simmons Gordon was here, but uh these were the pieces we were given. So we don't really know how the Flash makes everything happen, but we just know we have to come out after the Flash. Uh interesting. Yeah, this movie has to come out after the Flash. There's so many big details whether the Flash comes out in theaters or not. That's still it's a big question there (laughs) that's a whole separate conversation for another day but batgirl it's like there's a lot of critical information that will confuse people if it comes out before the flash that being said when david zaslav and company took over and made warner Bros. discovery they said all of our movies going forward will be theatrical releases i assumed batgirl was part of that and also you brought back Michael Keaton's Batman. That is a theater movie. But most importantly, 
if Dick Grayson is going to be the end cameo, I need to see that on a big screen. I need to lose my vocal cords more than I did with J.K. Simmons returning as um, as J. Jonah in Spider-Man Far From Home. And J.K. Simmons is in Batgirl. So Illuminati confirmed Nightwing is in it because connect the dots, open your brains, people. It's all connected in the Nathan Wishlist world. That's what we live no. in now. You didn't get an invite, but you live in it now. We're getting Nightwing in a Batgirl movie confirmed. Follow the logic, people. You didn't get an invite, but you live in it now. That like that's the quote. That's the quote for the rest of the week. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I I saw this on our, our our list and I was like, yeah. So Nate's gonna bring this back to to Nightwing. There's no way that he doesn't. Um, oh yeah, that's yeah, like, gonna be I, in the movie too. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got her name on it. Uh, but to be fair, maybe uh, DC's taking a book out of Marvel's chain and doing a uh, a character movie, and some other characters the main character of that movie, even though their name is not on the title. Um, anyway, <laughs> multiverse, multiverse. <clears throat> um, yeah. So some things have to happen in Flash if that movie ever comes out. I the whole Ezra Miller situation it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So we will see what happens. Um, yeah, but like you know, getting it delayed for a theatrical release, yeah, absolutely. If we're gonna see Batgirl in the theaters, that means Blue Beetle's on in the way to the theaters as well. Even though I'm pretty sure they already confirmed that. Um The Blue Beetle is not only is Blue Beetle coming to theaters next year. How do you feel about this news, Josh? Blue Beetle just finished filming. Like, oh, so you're saying that there's the potential yesterday. for a trailer? Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit here. Um, Batgirl also, I think, has to come out in theaters, judging by, mm -hmm. again, none of this is confirmed. This is all speculation. But Correct. given how much stuff that this Batgirl movie sets up in terms of what the new DC landscape is, supposedly there's a lot of things that could potentially be spun out of the Batgirl movie. Uh, besides the sexy man who shall now no longer be named for obvious reasons because we don't want to beat that dead horse again but supposedly that might get spun out um there's rumors of black canary potentially getting spun out of that girl um i'd imagine something keaton related supposedly Batgirl hints to a larger universe and if that's the case going forward obviously you want to have that mm -hmm. as a theatrical experience and also I know the general population isn't familiar with Batgirl, but there's still at least a little bit of name recognition of if you put a cartoon version of Batgirl or any kind of version, even to the most casual person to be like, that kind of looks like a Batgirl or is a Batgirl because I think they left an indelible mark in the 60s Batman version. Mm -hmm. I think that's it's one of those that people are familiar with it enough that I think curiosity might be peaked. And I think it all come down to that first trailer and you just show the beautiful, handsome face that is Brendan Fraser, and people will flock to the theaters just going, <gasps> Brendan Fraser is back. Break out that TikTok song and bring that Brendan Fraser is back. Like, and not just back. Back is a villain? Like, oh, baby, let's go. Speaking of, this is completely unrelated, but I don't even care. Speaking of Brendan Fraser is back. One of the greatest theme park rides in history, the Mummy Ride at Universal Orlando, underwent refurbishments recently. And it's looking pretty likely that a certain Brendan 
survive the refurbishments and no will, way. will still be in the queue and i'm just going he got his cup yeah. of coffee yes because i remember like you talking and this is a total rabbit trail i don't here, care but still like it was actually like a really sad day i remember you texting me and they're like bro they're re- they're refurbishing it and they're gonna get rid of brendan and i was like oh no because that's like actually one of the coolest parts of the ride well not yeah yeah, yeah that's the coolest part of the ride but yeah so that's that's awesome but I, I think to me, the thing that might potentially get spun out of this is the thing that I have been wanting for a long time. And I think some fans have wanted just like the daydreaming of it. An Oracle movie. is having a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne, which is like, yeah, OK, absolutely. Like Michael Keaton is a, is a grumpy old man. I mean, yes, in real life, but also, yes, in Batman. <laughs> so. Next up, moving from DC to Nintendo, you know. Love it. The next door neighbors that they are. Apparently, in typical Nintendo fashion, they sat back and watched their competitors actually test the waters first. And then when the waters are completely safe and secure, then they jump in about five to seven years too late with something. And by that, I mean Nintendo is getting themselves into the movie business with animated features. They have acquired Dynamo Pictures, a production company, an animation company, and rebranded it Nintendo Pictures. So I'm assuming going forward, they'll be utilizing their IP to do more film projects by jumping off of the success of, quote-unquote, success. They've had one movie so far of PlayStation Productions with the Uncharted movie, the upcoming Last of Us show, um, the Amazon God of War series. I think it's Amazon, right? Um, That's... I haven't heard anything Something. about it, so... I, I love Nintendo, but I also love making fun of Nintendo, because Nintendo's great until you get older and you realize, wow, they really are behind the curve a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Keep waiting, guys. Maybe Nintendo someday will do something 4K. I remember when they're just like, hey, we've, we've got the, we've got the, um, the Wii U. It has HD. And we're all going, are you kidding me? It's got this big cumbersome tablet, but don't worry, it's in HD now. Um, so- <laughs> like what was it like last year? They came out with the OLED screen for the Switch. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, oh yeah, if you wanna, if you want a nicer looking Switch with like mm, a few centimeters bigger screen, yes, it's clear, but does it actually make it make any difference? It doesn't matter. You're gonna pay us anyway. Like, okay, whatever, cool. But an animation division for Nintendo. What are the, yeah. what's the potential you see there, Josh? Uh, Super Smash Bros. movie confirmed. <laughs> I'm going there. I don't even care. But like at the same time, like the potential for um, a a Legend of Zelda movie is finally in there. A, a uh, Star Fox movie is going to be out there now. You like, know the one movie the- Josh has been looking forward to more than any other. I hate you. I knew it. I absolutely knew it. Don't okay. set me up for it. I can't. Oh my gosh. But Star Fox would be so cool. That'd be such a cool movie. We could see Slippy die. Space. Yeah, I mean, I, if they don't kill Slippy, it's a missed opportunity, honestly. Um, it's one of those like Netflix choose your own adventure stories and you could choose to let Slippy die like you <laughs> did with that one movie. <laughs> they do. They, they do something like in, in space with Markiplier, but it's like, but in space with Star Fox and you could choose to let Slippy die. And for some reason, everybody goes with that option. But I think there's a lot of potential there. A lot of, I mean, these days you capitalize on nostalgia. 
But if you do it in a smart way, I mean, there's all kinds of potential to make some really cool and interesting um, films and make some good uh, content, uh, especially with Universal uh, coming out with a park here soon. Uh, just give them more rides, you know, which they're making <laughs> some fast progress on that park. Holy crap. Um, yeah, baby. I'm so ready for that park. Oh, my gosh. Me too. But, you know, in typical Nintendo fashion, they're going to make a whole bunch of animated stuff about the same four or five characters and then completely neglect everyone else. They'll be like, all right, we've got well, yeah. we've got the Mario movie coming out and we'll tease a Super Smash Brothers movie at the end, which is something we joked about for a while. Then we will make a PG-13 um, CG animated Metroid movie. That oh, could be bro. great. And then we will have a Yoshi's Island Till children's show uh oh you want something f-zero related screw you no you don't throw captain falcon in super smash brothers and nowhere else um donkey kong <laughs> nah we don't acknowledge f-zero there was like ups there's like a cursed like canceled pilot of an f-zero show somewhere animated show from like the last 10 years uh what are we gonna do anything kirby related nah 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 nah, nah no, not at sucks. all yeah, Kirby sucks. It's not like we came out with a new game for him, and then we have another new game that's Fall Guys style that's going to be coming out. Nah, no, nah, that's not not going to be a thing. But I, I think the Metroid one is, I think, the one that I'd be the most excited for. I mean, I obviously would love for it to get R, but like a hard PG-13. I'm okay with that. But like a Metroid in general would be just, gosh, I would be so cool. I would love Metroid Prime. Uh, he's got the he's got the tinfoil hat thing going. I can see it in his eyes, dude. A freaking Luigi's Mansion movie. Oh my god! Like as take a, my oh, money oh. as huh? a horror comedy. Huh? Oh my gosh, as like a horror comedy. Yes, like let's like like Tucker and Dale versus Evil style, but with Luigi in a mansion. Yes, bro. Let's go. Yes. Uh. Especially like if it's the if it's Luigi uh, voiced by Charlie Day. Yes. Like, oh. Oh and then God, let's the, go. And then the end. The, at the end, the big bad could be Boo, like a giant Boo. Like, ah, uh, I need a Luigi's Mansion movie now. Like, <laughs> real bad. Or like that's hilarious. Legend of Zelda. Make a. I don't know. Ganondorf was already terrifying enough with Super Smash Bros. But do something with Ganondorf. Uh. I'm trying to just go make a Ness movie. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> just I'm going through the entire Super yeah. Smash Brothers lineup. Just Mario versus Dr. Mario, the movie. Take the blue <laughs> they just, pill. They, they, do a, they do a punch out movie, but they literally just take all of Rocky and superimpose Mac's face onto it. <laughs> oh, <gasps> Ice Climbers. It's a hard R drama of one of them dies and has to fight without the other. Bro, okay, but like honestly, like that'd be like a hard R ice climber no since like a disaster behind. style film. Like Lone Survivor with the ice climbers. <laughs> oh, but like even like dot like a Donkey Kong film could be a lot of fun. Uh bro. Um oh geez, I just lost it. Bad brain day. Um what's the game with uh Banjo Kazooie? There it is. A Banjo Kazooie oh. movie. Let's go. <laughs> or just a show in general. The Adventures of Banjo Kazooie. Because if John Tron can hate it, we can love it now. <laughs> so, our last thing that we want to talk about today is not official news news, but San Diego Comic Con is this weekend. 
And let's just be honest, the past couple of Comic-Cons, due to, you know, world-ending circumstances or other situations, have kind of sucked. But this year, the major studios will all be at Comic-Con promising their own stuff. So what we wanted to do here is do stuff that's going to be incredibly dated within a few days. But why not? <laughs> we'll capitalize on a very small window that this video might be actually relevant. So we're going to make our predictions for what we think will be announced or what will be showcased at san diego comic-con 2022 um i think there's some easy layups here and some eh stuff that that might be more out there but that's what we like to do here we like to take big swings and even bigger misses tom hardy's wolverine um <laughs> which i i for the for, for those listening i said there was a guy that did like a photoshop of of tom hardy as wolverine i was like i saw the title of the article and was like bro clicked on that so fast and then promptly screenshot and send it to to nate and i was because i was so disappointed <laughs> i was I, I was so sad but as much like, as i don't make fun of, anymore as much as i make fun of joshua's tom hardy wolverine we will always give him credit for pre correctly predicting the static shock thing um so hell yeah that was uh, awesome marvel and dc both have said that they're gonna be there i think with two drastically different presentations because you know one company doesn't have to hide one of their major tentpole movies coming out next year yeah. and pretend it doesn't exist and hope we all forget about it uh but before we get into the marvel and dc stuff i've just got some general other stuff um so thursday the Dungeons and Dragons movie is presenting. It's like the thing that's going to kick everything off. I'm going, yeah, that Let's makes go. sense. That makes sense. Advertising a D&D movie at Comic-Con. That just, that makes yeah. sense. So if there was a layup to be had here that I could probably still miss because it requires athletic ability, it would be this. I think Comic-Con will debut the first trailer for the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I think that's either winter this year or sometime next year i think mm -hmm. no better way to kick off comic-con by having a dungeons and dragons trailer um dune 2 or dune part 2 just started filming i think like either today or yesterday so i expect something from dune 2 maybe a video message from denny villeneuve just saying hey guys it's hot as balls over here but we're working hard for <laughs> dune 2 uh more dune. sand everywhere i hate sand we just it brought in Darude. We just brought in Darude to do the soundtrack. That's a very obscure reference that anybody born after yeah. 2000 will not understand, but I don't care. <laughs> All right, dude. I do see do you. Do 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 do. And now um, everyone listening to this is going to get stuck in their head. Um, yeah. Lastly, for just generic um, non-complex stuff, I know it's not coming out until Christmas of next year, but at the Warner Brothers panel this year, I think we'll get a teaser or at least a little snippet from the upcoming Timothy Chalamet Wonka movie. Ooh, true, true, true. Because that's been done filming for a very long time, and I think they're really high on that movie, and that's why they pushed it to next Christmas, where it can, has a little less competition. So I think we'll get a little... Since it's a year and a half away, not a ton, but just, just a little snippet. Maybe our first yeah. official look at Timothy Chalamet in the outfit. Well, didn't they they debuted like a teaser or something at the um, maybe at CinemaCon, I think at, at CinemaCon or something like that. Yeah, so I Never wouldn't be surprised if they that. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we'll, I wouldn't be surprised if they have like a trait, like a, at least a teaser trailer for us for this. Um, it's going to be released at con. Um, I I doubt 
like a full length trailer just because we haven't had a teaser yet, but like definitely getting more at, at the very least some behind the scenes stuff. Um, just more and maybe an interview with Timothy, but who knows? It'd be cool. I'm kind of, I'm, it is one of the movies that like of the non made like comic booky properties that I am pretty excited about. Uh, what, what general predictions do you have? Do you have any besides Marvel DC stuff? Nah, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'm expecting some like dis some Disney Pixar stuff, but that that's not like, that will probably more likely happen at D23. I, I don't think we'll, we'll get much else out of them okay so what should we tackle first marvel or dc let's get the tough one out of the way let's talk about dc dc the stuff that's confirmed is that they will be presenting black adam and shazam 2 fury of the gods that's that's the confirmed stuff i could also feel pretty guaranteed telling you guys there will be zero anything from the flash they will completely put their head in the sand and ignore the flash completely the Black Adam, we, Black Adam and Shazam 2, guarantee you for both of those movies, we will be getting trailers. Mm-hmm. Also, just a last minute alteration I'll make here. I wouldn't be surprised if those panels go back to back and Dwayne Johnson crashes the Shazam 2 panel. I can like, see that. I'm still around. Uh, I want to fight Superman someday because he clearly does because that's all he talks about. But I wouldn't be surprised if he just like comes up behind Zachary Levi at some point on the panel and just be like, hey, buddy, just just saying hey, and then leaves. Just, <laughs> yeah. just leave it there type of thing. Um, I can see that. I think because they have officially wrapped filming on it, we will get our first official image of uh, Sholo Maradona in the Blue Beetle costume. I think we'll get yeah. our first official whatever for blue beetle whether it's like a quick tease or just uh official images whatever i think we'll get something blue beetle related potentially something backer related because that's been done for at least a little bit maybe just a teaser mm-hmm. snippet or official image of michael keaton in the new bat suit uh which yes. is supposed to be similar to changed. batman returns but yeah i think we'll get something bat uh michael keaton's batman related um yeah that's about it, I'm not expecting a ton of big revelations on the DC side. I would like to say so, but with the new management over there, I think they want to like calm the waters and get the lay of the water, so to speak, before announcing any big projects. You watch, because I'm not saying anything, I'm putting it on record now, because I'm not saying anything about a potential Nightwing movie, it will get announced this weekend at Comic-Con, being spun out of Batgirl because I'm not saying it officially or because I'm not saying huh, huh, quote unquote <laughs> wink, wink. I'm not saying Henry Cavill will come out on one of the panels for Black Adam or something I'm not saying that it's not going to happen it's not going to happen which means it will happen because I'm saying it won't happen that's my reverse psychology here it won't happen but I think <laughs> DC wise it'll be it'll be a good panel but I'm not expecting a ton of surprises just because maybe some aquaman footage but again that one that one's still kind of far out too um yeah i think if that's done filming or not uh mara Uh, mara aquaman footage yeah it's apparently she's uh her role has dramatically been reduced oh yeah super down for honestly uh but 
<clears throat> you don't want to say it, but I will. I'm saying they're announcing um, at, at the very least they're going to announce the Superman movie with Henry Cavill coming back. Oh. I'm not going to say title. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm going to say they're going to announce it and walk away. Um, I'm expecting some like at the very least, like one of those behind the scene teaser things for Blue Beetle. Um, I'm calling it. They're going to uh, be announcing that uh, of like a start filming date or something for uh, for Static Shock. Uh, and I am going to announce I think they're going to, mm, 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 mm. yeah, and I, I can totally see The Rock showing up, uh, honestly, I, at the Shazam 2. I could see Rock showing up to a couple different panels just being like, hey, I'm the new face of DC now. The hierarchy of DC has changed or whatever else. <laughs> Throw in a wild card out there. There you go. You know me. I love the wild cards. I think we could get some Zatanna casting. Ooh. Oh, don't tempt Zatanna, me. Do Zatanna's not tempt me. has been on the back burner for a little bit, but as far as we know, that's not a project that's been shelved. That's still mm -hmm. something that's been like quietly in the works for a while. So whether uh, the director comes out or they officially make an announcement, if you want Josh and I to lose our ever-loving minds, they will never do it because we want it so bad. If they cast Ana de Armas as Zatanna, Ooh, that no... No, you know what? As much as I love, uh, as much as I would love that, Alexander Daddario, I, I don't think she's the one. I, I, I just she is the one. Like Jet Li is the one. <laughs> Jet Li Cody, is playing okay. Zatanna. You know what? Jet uh, the Li amount is the times I think uh, the amount of times I see people put the one on their their worst movie ever list, it makes me so mad because that movie is such a treat. Come on, uh, there, there's a just one because of, one it's of the a treat Lees doesn't mean it's good is, for you. Uh, pain um pain is existence um yeah i could i could see zantana 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 comes out playing a guitar um <laughs> that's how they announce it like yeah pres now presenting San santana bring out santana to pre present to announce he's zantana. playing zatara <laughs> oh he's going off oh, the rails no. Any got oh, any good. other any other DC stuff? Not really. I think we're pretty safe on on DC because I like like you. If they're either going to completely ignore Flash or they're going to bring it up very very like lightly, and it'll be like, hey, like you know, this is still coming out, and that's be about like, it. They'll be like the Flash, starring Michael Keaton, Sasha Kaye as Supergirl. <laughs> um, that's it. Um, Cersei Clemens as Iris West. Um, nobody else involved. Yeah. Nobody else involved whatsoever. Um, so for the Marvel stuff, this one's going to be tricky. But the next Marvel yeah. movie to come out is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We're going to get a trailer and some other stuff for it. That I feel like that's almost guaranteed. But how much they yeah. show, that I think will be the prime focus. But then they'll shift to what's coming next. So I expect the Black Panther trailer to come out at Comic-Con. I expect them to fully show Namor because, um, you know, that stuff's already leaked of what his costume design looks like. And I think the people that were going to get mad about the changes to his appearance have already kind of got that out of their system. So I'm going, all right, we can move on. 
Let's get to what Namor's actually going to be like. Namor's actually a mutant. Well, well, I mean, he is. No, he's though. an Atlantean. No, he's Atlantean. Namor is a mutant, though. Nah, nah. He's he is. So He's got wings on his feet. He's, he's, a, he's an Atlantean. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if we get, like, some of the stuff that's already filmed or is filming. We get some, like quick little sneak peeks at like maybe mm-hmm. some behind the scenes for secret invasion or some concept or- for armor wars or um iron heart um, mm-hmm. maybe a quick little tease for loki season two but then obviously the big thing i think there i think there won't be any official casting choices happening at comic-con for any of the major projects yeah but I think the entire Phase 5 slate will be announced at Comic-Con. I can but, see that, yeah, but absolutely. casting details will be announced at D23. So I can I'm, also see that. Yeah. I'm expecting titles at Comic-Con like Fantastic... I think the release dates will come out for Fantastic Four, Blade, the Shang-Chi sequel, and then the Young Avengers, I think, will finally officially be announced because we've been building for it long enough. And the yeah. one to close it out will be the double whammy of coming 2025 secret wars coming 2026 the mutants i think that's that's kind of a given and then also just because it's me and i want to be self-indulgent coming 2025 shang chi and the legend of the iron fist i hate you i need <laughs> i need it i know i and know it, i i can't like i just there's a part of me that can't it won't be finn though it better not be Finn. No, 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 it won't. But like, I there's just a part of me that can't see them doing it. They can't. I don't know if they'll pull the trigger on that yet. I, I, mm, I don't know. Uh, I can see. Oh, Captain America four getting a release date too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because te- because like, there's a whole bunch of projects. There's a whole bunch of projects yeah. that have been announced but don't have a date set in stone yet. I don't think so. I think this will be announcing stuff that either we have heard about or haven't. And getting set release dates for them with some minor yes. castings, but nothing major. Well, and just I, I, I want to say that they dropped some stuff for if D twenty three wasn't around the corner as well, I'd say that they just dropped their whole load here of like, hey, like you know, this is our slate for the next five years, or hey, like this is where we're going, or because you know, Kevin Feige made a big deal of saying of letting us know like hey like we're going on to a meeting to plan everything blah 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 ha 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 like we haven't already ha 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 um phase 4 probably shows that they hadn't already um but i don't know we'll see what happens i i i expect more release dates and kind of like pre- uh, preliminary announcements and then d D23 will get like the everything else. Um, I, I, I'm a little hesitant, hesitant to say full trailer. I'm thinking teaser at most. So maybe like a minute long teaser, if that. Um, it's about all I can think of, though, as far as like, because I think Cap 4, maybe some more details on that. Maybe I need more blade details, honestly. <laughs> That's what I'm really here for, if I'm honest. Uh, young event, uh, young Avengers would be good, but yeah, it's, I, I think it's going to be more focused on the 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 kind of going towards Secret Wars, unless, and this is a very big unless, um, they go mutants first and then Secret Wars. 
so that they can have some of those characters involved in Secret Wars. Or um, Secret which Wars can... gets kicked further down the road for like mm-hmm. a Phase 6, and Phase yes. 5 is Avengers versus X-Men. Yes, And then that, that sets that up, in which case you can then have them united as a giant team going into mm-hmm. Secret Wars. Uh, it won't happen. So that means it will happen by reverse psychology. It won't happen. But I will lose my mind. One, if we get Fantastic Four casting. Or mm-hmm. two, we find out that the villain for Fantastic Four is Mole Man. I will lose Bro. my mind going, I was right. They stole my <laughs> script. <laughs> I uh, I don't know, man. There's been some like fan casting slash leaks or like rumors that that, that it's going to be Do- a Doctor Doom. And like to, a, no, to no. an extent, I don't I'm... think he's showing up in Fantastic Four. If those rumors are right. Yeah, he might I be agree. showing up a lot sooner. Oh, I agree. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens, man. And I uh, it'd be interesting to. So I think tonight I'm going to go watch um, the 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 Eternals. Just, just so that I've seen it, um, but because mainly also because Cinema Wins is doing the video, his videos yeah, on it. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and even he doesn't seem too high on it. No, yeah, but it's like at the same time, like you can tell he's being as positive as possible, which is typical Cinema Wins yeah. stuff. Uh, but there's a certain um, I want to see in the movie how they handle certain things, and one of those is like, yo, where were you during all all of Endgame and Infinity War? Like, so to me. If Doctor Doom shows up one in in Phase Five, right, that soon, right? Um, where has the Fantastic Four been this whole time? Where has stuck you know in what the I mean? quantum realm? Yeah, oh, stop! No! Oh gosh, I didn't think of that. Oh no! I'm thinking they were a family <laughs> in the '60s and it got stuck in the quantum realm. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Huh, okay, well, uh-huh. we'll see what happens, man. We will see what happens. I, I'm just excited that San Diego Comic-Con is going to be as big of a deal as it used to be. As per usual, this episode is sponsored by Public, your one-stop shop for all things Uncharted Media merch, whether it is T-shirts, hoodies, notebooks, stickers, whatever you want with Uncharted Media designs on them. We've got some fantastic designs to choose from. Go there and support the show. Now, let's get to some... I don't want to say fantasy booking, but kind of fantasy booking of fixing bad movie endings. Now we need to preface this by saying not all the movies we're going to talk about today are bad movies. Mm -hmm. Some movies are great, but they don't stick the landing. And I think in the grand scheme of things, it's better to have a bad start, but finish strong than to have a really good, strong start and fail spectacularly at the end because the end is the lasting impact people have. So I think for context, for people that haven't seen the movies we're going to talk about, before we delve into our fixes for them, we'll go into a full like spoiler-ish breakdown of what actually happened for any given movie or Mm -hmm. endings for at least one of my movies. Um, And then we'll kind of give the tweaks of, okay, here's the pieces that we would have moved around. Here's how we would have changed it. Uh, By Mm -hmm. and large, we tried not to alter the entire movie. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's big changes. Sometimes it's small changes that end up having wide ripple effects. But uh, 
yeah, we're we're just having a fun creative exercise. Enjoy it if you will. If you don't, you're wrong. Um, Josh, <laughs> how do you want to approach this? Jeez, yeah, I I kind of have done the same thing. Like I I did try to not um alter there's certain there's a couple of movies i'll bring up that like there's the chain all the changes that i want to make to the movie i can't do because i tried to keep it at the very least into the climax about that back third back fourth of the of a movie those are where only where the changes are gonna are gonna happen um so you want to get the one that you and i have said for a long time out of the way (laughs) ah yes i'll take the reins on this because I may, have, I may have tweaked it and fleshed it out even more so. Um, yeah, absolutely. So way, way, way back, like early videos that Josh and I did together. I don't even know if we ever said this in a video or it was just us talking I don't think together. so. I don't think we ever have. Oh, no, we might. I think we had to have Maybe at some in a point podcast. in a video. Now, even before then, it would have just been one of those things that we talked about for a while with Amazing Spider-Man 2. The worst Spider-Man movie. Come at me. I don't care. I, it, It's not good. Andrew Garfield's fantastic it, in it, but the movie's not great. The um, best. It, it's unfortunate because it has the best Spider-Man suit so far. No, nope, not anymore. Thing. It doesn't. No, 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 no. Nope. The homemade Holland suit. The homemade Holland suit at the end of No Way Home is okay, perfect. Because okay. he literally has the sewing machine. It's perfect. And I cried tears of yeah, joy. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, but uh-huh. in Amazing Spider-Man 2, after fighting Dubstep Electro, random disease ridden SS tricky green goblin shows up um, and basically drops Gwen Stacy. And it's kind of ambiguous how Gwen dies, whether it was the neck snap or smacking her head. Regardless, Peter is unable to save Gwen Stacy, but for a important context, before he goes off to fight Electro, Peter made this big bold proclamation of, I will come with you to England. I love you so much. He puts I love you in big, huge webbing across one of the bridges in New York as she's taking a taxi to go to the airport to leave forever. They have this cute romantic moment at the top of the bridge. Uh, they're like, all right, I'll go help you. And then they take care of Electro. Cue the end of the movie where Gwen dies. And then they come back to it in No Way Home. It's a beautiful moment. Yada, yada, yada. Then we have one of the stupidest endings to a Spider-Man movie ever of... Oh, hi, I'm a small boy who's going to stand up to Paul Giamatti's rhino, which is the stupidest rhino ever. And then Spider-Man comes out, not mopey anymore, and swings a trash can. Cut to credits. Here's how I would make it better. Or how Josh and I would make it better, because we had this joint idea. I was trying to do the Adam Blampier, and here's how (laughs) I would fix it. Um... Josh and I love the idea of the I love you on the bridge. That's a great idea. So we'll pick it up from that moment of Peter and Gwen on top of the bridge having this really great moment. Then off in the distance, we can have Electro, just like how it was in a regular movie. This time, Peter does not bring Gwen with him to fight Electro. Do not put your loved ones in the face of danger. So he puts her down at street level at the bridge saying, I'll come back for you later, but I'm not going to leave you on top of a bridge. That's kind of dangerous. I'm just going to put you down here. I'll come back once I'm done with Electro because I can do this myself. So he goes to take care of Electro. He wins the day, yada, yada, yada. He goes back to find Gwen. She's nowhere to be found. 
And all of a sudden, he hears a pitching scream from the top of the bridge where they just were. Goblin has now come in and swooped up Gwen. Because he knows, oh, you're Peter's girlfriend. Do you think Peter would give me Spider-Man's blood? If he won't give it to me, I'll I'll kidnap one of his loved ones. And so in this moment, um, we can have some dialogue and somehow Goblin finally figures out who Peter, who Spider-Man is. They have a fight. And instead of on a clock tower, here is where Gwen Stacy dies on top of the bridge, just like she does in the comics. We can have a Goblin, um, a Goblin Spider-Man fight. Gwen drops. But this is a little more clear that it's Peter's fault of mm-hmm. the next snap. And like he holds her dead body. He's crying and mourning. And down on the ground, like they're, they'll be on top of the bridge. Down on the ground, we have Goblin just laughing like Willem Dafoe's Goblin was in No Way Home. Just laughing. Peter drops down to ground level. And in front of all the pedestrians down on street level... Beats Goblin nearly to death. And it's not until he sees everyone shocked in awe's expression that he finally withholds his final punch and doesn't kill Goblin. But seeing, oh, I forever tarnished my reputation with the city. They've seen who I am now of like, I almost beat a man to death. And as Peter goes back up to just uh, put Gwen's body safely, the I love you webbing dissolves away in the wind just like a metaphor for gwen's lifeless body because we're dark and twisted but better yet we will still have that great scene that was in amazing spider-man 2 of let him soak in his grief for a while let him sit in his Mm -hmm. sadness for a little bit uh then you can have someone come to um green goblin be like while he's recovering obviously be like hey you want revenge on Spider-Man? We know how to do that. And don't actually show the six cages showing how to set up the Sinister Six. Yeah. But we can have Peter moping. But he realizes this is what Gwen would have wanted me to do. She would have wanted me to keep fighting. Then on the radio, we got a reports of a giant robot on Main Street. And you just see Peter grab the mask and fly out the window. Cut to black. No rhino fight. No small child. It's still... Ends on a somewhat dour note, but with the prospect of hope going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Which uh, in enforced in, you know, in hindsight, now with all of the revelations from uh, No Way Home, gives us the opportunity for a third Amazing Spider-Man where he like doesn't pull his punches anymore and Mm. actually has to deal with on screen with his depression. Like, yeah, he's still going out and fighting, but like he really hasn't dealt with the anger that that came out that day so yeah absolutely like i want <laughs> i go to movies to have my heart ripped out so uh I, that's what i that's what i want what was it um i guess since we're kind of in spoiler territory here i somebody was asking me what i thought about the stranger things finale and i legit looked in the eye and i was like there's not enough death and i wanted more death and that's, like that's actually that's actually where this com this discussion topic stems from because yes josh and i both yeah, enjoyed yeah, yeah. stranger things season four but both of us would be like oh yeah we would have killed off a lot more people either steve or robin should have died 
Uh, at least one of the people in the Russian team should have died. The fact that all of them survived all is of them, weird. Yeah, that's weird. That part's the weirdest part for me. Yeah, so we're just like, we definitely would have made some tweaks. So we wanted to apply that to the movie sense. Uh, I have Absolutely. a couple more comic book movies. Actually, like half my stuff is comic book one, movies. Two, so uh, I have at least three more. Yeah, I actually have three more. So yeah, let's stick on the Spider-Man train okay. and go okay. from Amazing Spider-Man 2 to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3. This is one of those ones that it's just a small change, but it has a big ripple effect. In the end fight, when Tobey is like ripping the black suit off with the gong and everything else, it's not Topher Grace, Eddie Brock, that gets the symbiote. It is Harry Osborn recovering from injury. It just makes more it's sense. So, it makes so much more sense. You've been setting up this fight for two and a half movies. And what does the Venom symbiote attach itself to? Anger and aggression. Who is more pissed than Spring Breakers James Franco? That's what I'm going with. But also, like, Peter just tried to blow him up. So he's clearly recovering. A symbiote could help with that. Symbio could help with his anger and aggression. It's not like I can, I can help with that. It's not like this isn't a fight that's been built up forever and ever and ever. Yeah. So once he takes care of Sandman, and we could still get that great moment of forgiveness, have the blood feud, and then you could still get some form of a redemption of like, uh, I think it was also Adam Blompier that had the great idea of Venom's weakness besides loud noises is fire. Maybe. Uh, in the comic, Harry Osborn sacrifices himself to save Peter while his house is on fire or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe something similar happens here. Maybe he burns himself alive to sacrifice and get rid of the symbiote forever. Something that kills off Harry. Harry has to die either way, but maybe he dies taking this symbiote with him. Just, it's right there in front of you. It's such an easier fix. It's a story arc that you've actually been telling slow burn style for three movies, only for the third one to take him out of the equation for most of the movie and not mm-hmm. really make him the villain. You turned him face too quickly. Make him the big bad of the entire overarching series. That would have worked so much better. Or a Venom Goblin. That would have been cool. Stop. That's he, terrifying. If he's wearing his dad's suit from the first one, venomized? Oh, sweet oh. Jesus. Yeah, not ready for that. Not ready for that at all. Uh, he turns yeah, into like, he turns into Willem Dafoe with the symbiote. Uh, uh, no, gosh, I'm ter- no, I don't need that in my life. But I mean, that takes care of some of the problems of 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 um, Spider-Man Three, and there's too many villains. So it's like, okay, well then just combine them, then, bro. And like, too him many fighting Venom is just as much as Toby and Harry, not Toby, <laughs> Peter and Harry <laughs> repairing their friendship. Uh, as as it is them spider-man fighting a villain so works really well there um i am gonna go in an unexpected direction for me (laughs) in 1978 this like little film came out that like changed everything about superheroes it's okay uh, good i don't know I thought you were going to say you... Halloween. I was going, there's nothing wrong with Halloween, damn it. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard. It's uh it's this movie called Superman. I don't I don't know if you've heard about it. Um yeah. it's it's, a, it's pretty pretty niche. Yeah, I was tempted to put this on here because I hate the ending for this, but I 
don't know how to fix this one easily. I know how to fix it. <laughs> Let me go. All right. Let so me have thing. a go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna run this as a caveat here. Uh because obviously me fixing this is gonna go into a more modern uh kind of a modern take as far as what super superhero movies are nowadays. Um I'm sorry, but I'm still gonna have him try to try like think he can go around the world and try to turn back time, but he's gonna stop the planet, which obviously will like um I don't know, destroy everything. So I'm gonna end the movie with uh him like sitting there in the in the <laughs> the destruction that he's caused because he was so angry. Uh, and that's, that's about as far as I, I like, I, I want him to, I don't like Su Superman for a lot of reasons, but having him like reap the consequences of his, of his grief is hilarious to me. So you wanted uh, to make a Homelander movie. Yes, correct. <laughs> are you, are you Playing okay, him? man? You want the no, world I'm to not. die? I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> i'm really not absolutely um but like to me i think if you're gonna have him do something that ridiculous there has to be consequences you don't get to just go yeah throw, throw science out the door out the window um really that's the now, hill you're gonna die on and not superman 4 when he repairs the great wall of china with his eyeball revision like eyeball rebuilding vision nate i don't think you understand superman 4 did not happen um <laughs> <laughs> quest for peace is not is not it's not a thing sorry um but to, to me i i think it's it, superman this is such like this is a hard one to kind of do without completely like rewriting the like the whole back half of that film but um to me if you're gonna have i'm fine with him tr thinking he can turn back time that way that like have him meet like a disgruntled batman later and be like why did you think that was going to work like I could have, if you would have asked me, it's I would have given you West's Batman. Yeah, exactly. I would have given you a thousand reasons why that wouldn't have worked. I don't, that's not Adam West, but that's I guess my impression of him. That's like a carnival hawker, <laughs> which I guess is kind of what '66 Batman was. Um, oh yeah, come at me, bro! Boof, pow! Ah, yeah, you can leap, you can leap tall buildings in a single bound. Wow! Oh yeah! Wow! So come I on, would... Robin, I got my my shark repellent. I would not be surprised if this movie is on both of Josh and I's lists. And it's one of those of like, don't come at us because it is a great movie, but it does not stick the landing. Wonder Woman. Okay. I really I'll, love. I'll, 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 I gave you this one. I really enjoy Wonder Woman, but the reason it's not higher on like my all time favorite comic book movies is I don't think the ending lands. And I, I think there's a big difference you can make when Ares changes from human form to god form I don't know how about you actually change Ares he is still a scrawny British man in a horned helmet he does not have the physique for Ares I get that they're just like it's symbolic because he infiltrates the minds of men and corrupts them I get that that's a good idea of he influences people when he is doing that and conniving like Kilgrave from um jessica jones having david thewlis's natural look that works but when he's supposed to be this big huge god of war maybe you know change up his appearance just a little bit um just just saying even Zack snyder 
did the same thing of keeping David Thewlis in a weird, like, just keeping him in his regular physique and just going, he's supposed to be the God of War. He's supposed to be terrifying. Not a mustachioed British man. Um, <laughs> also, I've heard some people suggest, and I think this would have been a great idea, but you can't, you couldn't do this in a big blockbuster superhero movie of, there is no Ares. Wonder Woman realizes the hard way that war wasn't caused by the manipulation of a god. It was just the evil in men's hearts that did it. Nothing outside motive related. It's just her having to realize people might not be as good as she hoped for them to be. That, I think, also would have been a profound statement. But then I think audiences would have been like, well, where's the big fight scene at the end? How about a moral dilemma? You like those instead? <laughs> you can wrestle with those all night long, even after the movie's over. <laughs> I feel that, though. Yeah, because I, I had thought about that, but um, there was some other stuff I wanted to tackle. So there's that. Uh, yeah, because like that was, I think, one of my biggest complaints leaving Wonder Woman. I love the movie as a whole, but if Ares had actually been, I don't know, Ares, then then yeah, you need this big scary dude. Because they do kind of play it up as this like, big reveal like oh is this is aries this whole time wow that's crazy but then he never turns into like a godlike creature which uh i can understand if you're like we want to do wonder, wonder woman but without some of the fantastical elements it's like okay but she has a golden her. lasso that lights up that makes yeah. people tell the truth and, and still... an invisible helicopter what what <laughs> yeah you still gave her the invisible helicopter so like i don't know what you're what you're what you're wanting kind here my dude yeah, kind of. Uh, and she's got, but uh, and then the next movie, they were like, "I can hey, turn I know things we, we invisible." Said, <laughs> I know that we said uh, no fantastical elements, but we're still going to give her her wings. So anyway, and she's going to fly um, to the music from Sunshine for some reason. Yeah, like get out of this. Oh gosh. Um, that being said, we're going to stay in this uh, DC realm for just a little bit longer. Now, I do not have time on this podcast to fix everything wrong with the dark knight rises oh however the thing that i would love i think minor changes and but the implication is, is big here i think talia it changing her the way that talia operates in the film i think makes a big deal have her try to like use that opportunity so say she's like ha 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 like i i'm I'm the child of Ra's al Ghul, not him. Ha, got you, got you. And Bane's like, yo, where have you been this whole time? Like, screw you, and kills her. Yeah. And then, and then, like, Bane goes out. Like, that's, because to me, the biggest thing is, like, I'm, I don't have time to deal with the whole moral thing of, like, Batman sacrificing himself. And then after the spending the whole movie trying to become Batman again twice, uh, he then just quits. Okay, cool, whatever. But I don't have time to, 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 to devil in all of that. But to me, I think getting rid of the element where, like, hey, you know, I know we've been in this movie for almost two and a half hours. but uh, And Bane's been the main villain. Well, guess what? He actually wasn't the whole main villain. Uh, yeah, now you have no emotional attachment to the villain. Ha <laughs> ha. I think that's pointless and it just doesn't work. So I'd say, you know what? Fine. We we wanted Bane to be to be this t the Tom Hardy from Warrior. Absolutely, have her be like, "Ha, I'm gonna take advantage of your plan," and Bane be like, "Or not," and just kill her right in front of Batman. And then, so then, not only is Batman being betrayed, but he's also seeing 
this woman that he thought he loved literally be killed in front of him. Oh, you know, so, this, like, the woman I spent one night with, not even a night, I bailed on her yeah, halfway yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but he like, he he cares about her so much, bro, whatever, you know. It's Marion Cotillard, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't blame him. But, yeah, like, you spent, but... <laughs> you left so, it like yeah. midnight and just dipped. Um, yeah. My last comic book movie, we'll stick on the Batman train. Yeah. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Okay. The okay. Movie that brings Interesting. Me, the movie that brings me tremendous sadness because, oh gosh, it just does not work on so many levels. But I think a big part of it is the finale. In the actual version of the movie, uh, Lex cr- combines his DNA and Superman's DNA to create Doomsday. And Doomsday wrecks a, basically like, like an island that doesn't really have anybody on it. Um, yep. And it takes Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman out of nowhere, fighting together-ish to take down Doomsday. But in the process, Superman uses a Kryptonian spear, which doesn't make sense, to kill Doomsday. But in the process, Doomsday kills Superman, and Superman is dead in his second movie. Um, Which also doesn't make sense of how Doomsday can just pierce his skin, but sure, okay. All right. Here's here's where we... (laughs) Here's where we're just going to immediately start starting over of... Okay, have Lex be like, I had a contingency plan. If Superman and Batman work together, I combine my DNA with Superman's DNA to create a being unlike anything you've ever seen. Not your doomsday, but something more bizarre. It is bizarro instead. Because I've never understood if you create a human who's... Let's just generously say Lex is like 5'10". And Henry, sexy Cavill at 6'3". How do you have a 20-foot tall Lord of the Rings cave (laughs) troll? If you combine the two DNA, wouldn't he look a little more humanoid? Like, it works more being bizarro, but also the whole central theme of Batman vs. Superman is, can we really trust Superman? Is Superman truly good? How great would it be if the finale is actually Superman fighting what the world perceives him to be, which is a mm-hmm. mindless, destroying, unfeeling monster in a cape. So it's bizarro. <laughs> it's bizarro <laughs> instead of Doomsday. We could save Doomsday for another day. So if we don't have Doomsday, Superman doesn't die in his second movie also i think that's the key here i think that i think you were like hey i just don't want to kill him in the second movie how do we get around that but also like (laughs) dooms bizarro makes much more sense of if you're merging the two dna's why does he look like that um yeah and also we get rid of the kryptonite spear thing because again wonder woman excels with weapons and superman's weakness is kryptonite so of the two of those people who do you think should actually be handling the kryptonite spear here? Uh, but then also, if the three of them work together to take down Bizarro, you could still have the Trinity teaming up. That'd be cool. Then they could work together and realize, okay, we've stopped Lex, but there's other threats out there. How about the three of us, the three of us united, start to work together to build a team? Because Yeah, absolutely. It's I I don't know. I like the idea of the Trinity being the establishing core, not just Batman going, I feel guilty for killing Superman, even though 
it's not my him. fault like <laughs> at yeah. all so let's get a stronger foundation for our justice league if the trinity of superman batman and wonder woman is supposed to be like the pillars of the justice league they're the ones the central core that always has to be there Make them the foundation. That let them all be alive. Save Doomsday for a later date. Even heck. Oh, quick, quick on the fly thinking. No spear, okay. no kryptonite weapon. Retconning another movie. Superman gets Bizarro in the same position he got Zod in in Man of Steel, about to snap his <gasps> neck, and the world is watching, and he lets him go this time. Doesn't kill him going okay snyder if you insisted that you had an arc for superman here's how you could have done it of actually have this character grow realize okay maybe there's another path here maybe mm-hmm. have batman have batman of all people the one that was operating and killing a whole bunch of people going his life needs to be spared have batman and superman learn that more or less yeah and boom fixed everything we're in world peace now <laughs> it's not his fault for existing he doesn't deserve the death that uh, that some of these other people do or something like hey like they, that's not the way yeah absolutely that just fixes so many things um but yeah no it's not like there's uh, uh stuff coming out about snyder right now anyway um uh. let's uh keep uh, let's uh hop over that um i love how you went from one from a movie where two iconic heroes are fighting and my final comic book movie is also about two iconic superheroes fighting let's talk about captain america civil war so oh gosh <laughs> let's beat this dead horse yeah absolutely however I, this is me saying i there's large sections of this movie that i really really enjoy but i think it in typical in typical like mco fashion they kind of have to, had to make it a lot bigger to me save that for event an avengers movie um what i really like about this this film is that it explores the gray area of war and the gray area of like being mind controlled so like are you actually like at fault for that kind of stuff so you know what the 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 um airport scene taking it out bye what the the, the well, we can we can do that later we can do that like in an, in an avengers movie where like we where the ramifications of civil war are are actually like hey let's like actually hate make tony and uh cap actually not like each other first before they're like hey we're gonna fight each other so our climax is still going to be the um, the the tag team, you know, uh, the reveal that Bucky killed Tony's parents and Cap knew the whole time. And to me, that and they don't hide it at all in the entire movie. So it's like one of those like, Tony, how did how did you not know? All right, Tony is okay. an idiot when they need him to. Yeah, be. I mean he is. That's very fair. But I I want to build it to the to where that is the moment, and they both beat the ever loving crap out of him still. And so then that goes that leads us into the the all the ramifications. That moment is the one where uh, I don't want them to end it on friends. If it's a civil war and they're gonna fight like that, I can't. I can't, I'm not. I'm not okay with them being like with Cap being like I'm the bigger man. If you ever need me, give me a call. Tony to Stank. Me, that, like, 
yeah, like I can't, I'm not okay with that. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. And I think if, if the, all of this stuff is going to happen and for them to end up teaming up again in later in Endgame, that to me, that brings more like, okay, they're finally burying this hatchet. I'm like, finally, after all this time, like, that's awesome. To, to me, you have to actually have a moment where they actually do hate each other. And I don't mean like Tony hates Cap, blah, 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 blah. But like, no, like Cap actually has to have like an actual position and not just like, I'm a good guy and I'm uncomfortable with the with the, these accords. Like that just, we're yeah, not, that doesn't sit well with me. We are not of one accord here. Yeah, boo. So <laughs> my next one is the only one that on my list today that actually has a different version of its ending that actually already does fix everything my only answer is you should have just gone with this ending instead and that one i've talked about many a time on the podcast before will smith's i am legend yes they filmed two endings and they absolutely picked the wrong one in the movie that we got Will Smith's uh, Robert Neville, I believe is his character's name, is like the last human left in the world uh, as it's been like taken over by like mutated creatures or whatever. So he basically is like living. It's a post-apocalyptic movie. He's like living day to day and trying to avoid the mutants or whatever else and trying to find a cure, so to speak, and make society back to the way it was. But he discovers... Uh, like a mom and her son or something. And he's like, well, they're worth saving. So when the monsters come to attack, because he has one of their own hostage that he's been doing research on, they come to attack. He sacrifices himself. So the mom and their kid can get away with the cure and the world will be able to get back to the way it was, except that's not how it was in the book. And also that leaves a much less emotional impact. So, the alternate version that was filmed for I Am Legend that would have fit more in theme with the movie is the people, the mutants come for the person that has been experimented on by Will Smith's character. But Will Smith realizes that he's the bad guy. He's the one that's been hunting them. He's the monster, not them. So all this time, they just wanted one of their own back. They never wanted to harm anybody. Robert Neville, Will Smith, realizes this is the next stage of human. I'm the old guard. I am in the wrong here. I'm impeding the progress of the future generations. The world, as I know it, is done. I can't go back to that. But apparently people thought that was too sad and depressing, so they just <laughs> went with the original ending of Will Smith go boom, boom. It was a slap in the face. Um, and now we're getting a sequel with Michael B. Jordan, so I don't know. Ooh, make, everything's made up and the points don't matter and the Will Smith don't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, like, that's a, this is actually on my list as well because, like you said, like the original ending that they filmed and then didn't go with, it's absolutely so much better. To me, like having Will Smith's character after everything see that he himself is the monster that he thought he was fighting that just to me has a more like emotional pull than the than just like oh, i fight in zombies like to, to to me like thinking like his dog was turning into the next evolution and he was and he was so unwilling to let that go that he 
killed his own we dog. Don't talk, we don't talk about that scene. Yeah. So, but like, but to me, like that makes that scene even more sad of like, he's so unwilling to let go of the old world that he just like, he literally impede everybody else. The funny thing is, I didn't even think about this. I could have segued this perfectly because I just talked about Batman versus Superman in the background of I am legend. Yes. There is a Batman and Superman poster back in like what 2007 or whatever. Which is the hilarious. Superman logo inside of the Bat logo. I'm going, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> um, that, that works. I'll on stick too many on, levels. I am legend kind of could count as a horror movie, suspense thriller. So I'll get to my first horror movie here. Okay. With Scream 4. Okay. Oddly specific Scream 4. So. In Scream, there's always at least two killers. It's like the mystery of who is the killers this time around. In the fourth one, it ended up being uh, Emma Roberts, the niece of Sidney Prescott. So she's got an emotional connection. And I think her boyfriend or somebody else that was like a fanboy of Ghostface, he gets killed off real quick anyway. Here's my fix. Gail Weathers should have been Ghostface. Not killed off. Courtney Cox's character should have been Ghostface all along. Why do I say that specifically for Scream 4 more so than any of the other Scream movies? Because I've never really cared for the character of Gale. But Scream 4 specifically was setting her character up for it by, mm-hmm. um, despite the fact that she was the news reporter that broke the news, she was the one always actively involved with the the story, It the spotlight always went to Sidney Prescott. She was the one with the successful book. She was the one with the successful life. Gail Weathers was clinging to relevancy. She was clinging to what's the next big headline. Her marriage is on the rocks with Dewey. Mm-hmm. Um, she needed some motivation. And I think it would have been much more interesting if her motivation was, I'll investigate the next ghost face killer as the ghost face killer. And maybe things just got out of hand. Uh, I just think that would have been so much more interesting. The story was really setting it up for her to be the villain to the point of, I thought it was spoiled for me. I thought she was the villain. I don't know where I heard that, but I thought she was the villain. So when I finally got around to watching Scream 4 and the real villains are revealed, I'm going, okay, when's the last twist and we find out it's Gale? Oh, well, where did I hear that Gale was the killer? Because watching it, thinking that Gale's the killer, so much of it makes sense. But when she's revealed to not be she's going, this doesn't seem in fitting with the character and also the wisest utilization of this character. So it's not my last horror one I'll talk about, but mm-hmm. Gail should have been in the killer in scream four, especially given that she really didn't bring anything to the table in scream five. So make her the killer <laughs> in the next scream movie, because you know, she's got one less loved one to worry about. I, I feel that though, because the, the, if things in horror movies, if there's something that really like destroys a horror movie, it's that ending. And I know like you could say that about all movies, but like horror movies, I think depend so heavily on that back third um, because a lot of horror is all slow build and, uh, and like the ebbs and flows. Like one of the movies, one of my, our favorite movies and is on my list is sinister. I absolutely love this film. However, the like last 15, 20 minutes is kind of eh. I'm okay with like the, so basically in the film, you know, you have Ethan, Ethan Scott, 
Ethan Hawke's character, jeez, um, Ethan Hawke's character, <laughs> who, moved, who basically, like, uh, unintentionally, I'll give him that credit, unintentionally kind of curses his family to, to this demon that, that and you're, you're kind of left wondering why, like, why this family, why this house, why is there more than one family? It gives one of the best jump scares of all time. It literally doesn't show anything, but you, your mind puts the pieces together with the, the with the lawnmower scene. Um, however, the last 15 minutes. So you, I guess, spoiler, I bet we said spoilers warning going into these, but um, it's revealed that, uh, you know, the, the thing that killed um, that killed the families all in the videos that Ethan Hawke's character is seeing is that they previously lived in one of the houses of the the other families that got killed by by the demon whose name is escaping my brain at this Bagool. point uh Bagool, the creepy creepy darth maul guy with the the, the sewn up mouth no not, not, not darth, darth maul, maul yeah, that's I, sinister I, no that's insidious anyway uh crow creepy crow guy yeah let's go with that uh however so it's revealed that like that's the thing that that it's the moment that they leave the house that that they then can can continue to to um do the cycle and he he gets rid of the book box of tapes before they move and then they move and the box of tapes appears in his office so and then they do the whole reveal that like it's the kids that have been killing their families this whole time i am perfectly okay with that i i've not <laughs> i'm not okay with with kids killing their families uh i mean that ending I love that reveal. I love that, like, oh, that makes sense why those kids are still missing. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. What I what bothers me is that having this almost hour and a half of incredibly well-crafted scares and horror experience to have the last image of your film be a cheap jump scare. It's literally popping out the side of the screen. It's not yeah, like even like. It's not good. Yeah. So, how I would change it? It's very small detail, very small detail, but I think it it has uh, <laughs> it has a a Ouija origin of evil feel to it. Um, obviously, this is not a, a demon that can be really stopped, at least with the information that the first movie gives us. So, the, he's not going to get stopped. You already have have this this inf all this this ending where like evil wins, right? So, okay, let's have. Uh, her let's have the daughter swing the axe at her dad's head and he sees it comes down and you cut to black come back up and it's a realtor selling their house to somebody and being super shady and being like yeah yeah so what what happened to the family that used to live here oh nothing don't worry about it i'm sure nothing bad will happen to you and then roll the credit because to me seeing like the implications of ethan hawk's character like not willing to accept of what's going on that the that because he does of his his quest for fame he actually like continues this cycle uh for for this demon and instead of being instead of just being like <laughs> jump scare got him <laughs> and it's i mean it still opens up for the for the sequel that they eventually did that's actually not that good at all um but it's still but at least it gives us this like this feeling of like oh like evil e evil has won and it will continue to win into in, in the future as opposed to just like Ah, gotcha. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, my next one. 
I have in my notes just just all of it. And this is a movie Josh and I like. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Interesting. Just okay, okay, okay. So much with this ending that just craps the bed. So for those that don't remember, Rise of Skywalker ends with uh, Rey and Kylo finding the power of love and using the power of the Jedi to look up at the stars or something and deflecting electricity back at, at Palpatine and killing him, even though killing him puts the spirit back into Rey like he wanted to because Palpatine wanted to die the whole time. Ray and Kylo kiss, and then Kylo dies, and then Ray digs a hole and ditches lightsabers. And then him calls identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Um, <laughs> okay, first of all, and here's where I'm gonna piss off Disney so much. Ray will not be the hero at the end of this story because whether you intended it or not, Disney, Ray is not the hero of the sequel trilogy. Ben Solo is. So Ben Solo will be the one to defeat Palpatine. You know, the one that's been invading his mind for the entire trilogy as you guys tried to retcon it to be of I'm every voice you've ever heard or whatever else. You can still have Ray be there to help Ben, but if you want to fully do the redemption arc, go all the way with it. Like, actually make Ben the hero here. Don't just like, oh, he's out of commission. We just needed him so Ray could have a second lightsaber. Um, have Ben actually yeah. help out here. Also, don't be cheap. Don't just get voiceovers. Actually have Jedi Force ghosts. I like the idea of if Palpatine is channeling all the Sith, all the Jedi that we are familiar with and have some emotional connection to show up. But don't just do a voice. Actually have them as Force ghosts. That could be actually really, really cool. Make it a la... Harry Potter in the Goblet of Fire when he's mm -hmm. in the duel with Voldemort and all of a sudden the ghost comes behind and starts holding Harry's hand with the wand. Do something like that with the Jedi I think could be really, really cool. Most importantly, more than anything else, Rey and Kylo will not kiss. I never bought romantic chemistry from them. I got more of a family thing, family vibe mm -hmm. from them, which I mean, it's Star Wars. That's never stopped people in the past. But still, <laughs> I don't need those two. And my mom was always like, it's a, it's, it was always meant to be a romance. Was it? I got more romantic tension from Finn and Poe than I did from, uh, yeah, Finn Which, and Poe from Ray and Kylo. Like They should have pulled the trigger on that. But, Absolutely. I mean, Disney, you don't make any money from the Chinese market from Star Wars anyway. But... Uh, I got a familial bond from the two of them, not a romantic bond. And also like, hey, Ray, you're not a Skywalker. Don't claim to be. You had barely any connection to Luke Skywalker. You actively shunned him for most of your life. But also like the whole point of you being a Palpatine was you are more than just your name. Embrace the fact that your name is Ray Palpatine and tell people, Palpatine was one person. It's not my legacy. If the movie is so obsessed with names and lineage, don't try and change it. Embrace who you are. I thought that was the point of Rise of Skywalker. Also, maybe don't try and copy Avengers Endgame with having all the ships come in all at once. But, you know, <laughs> just to, again, I like Rise of Skywalker, uh, but the finale is a blooming mess and I hate it so much. And also, yeah. 
I'm not saying this is in my official edit, but um, just just for personal preference, could Ben Solo survive and Ray be the one that dies? Or if we're going to kill one of them off, don't do this weird like soul transference thing that's never been hinted at in any Star Wars anything ever. No, it's ever. life force. He gave her her life. Gave her his life life force. You know, I, I like I'm saying that like it's a normal thing. Yeah, he gave her he gave her his life force. Don't you know? Like Jedi can do weird things, like as we're talking to sea whales. But I'm more okay with sea whales than bringing someone back to life that has never been introduced yeah. ever. That's kind of game breaking, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Which it's interesting that you have Rise of Skywalker because I have Last Last Jedi. Kind of figured. Um, it is a little weird. I it's a very minor change, but like I'm kind of it's one of my biggest gripes about Last Last Jedi. Like I under okay. <laughs> I understand how powerful Luke is to teleport his like and do like a force ghost thing of himself to on the other side of the of the galaxy. However, <laughs> to me, he needs to be there. I think Luke has to physically be there. It makes it even cooler. And if you still want him to like become a ghost or whatever, that's fine. Have him go out like Obi-Wan does in 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 A New Hope. I'm perfectly okay with that. Like yeah, like striking me down will not fix the hole that you're seeking to fill. Like you, you will not get the redemption. Emotional that you are validation. Seeking. Correct. You're not getting the. You're not getting the emotional. Uh, 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 yeah, you're not getting the 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 the, 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 the emotional fulfillment. There it is. Wow, another brain break moment today. Woo. Um, emotional fulfillment that you think you're going to get by getting rid of me by getting rid of your mom. Like to me, him actually being there and Kylo actually striking him down, I think, especially in tandem with Ben being the the one at the end uh, in Rise of Skywalker. So the ben, one that, kills that both, carries a, ben kills both mm -hmm. Han and Luke. Yes, and I want him to. Uh, and honestly, Leia should have died when when in the beginning. I, I'm sorry, but she's there's given the real the, life like, circumstances, they should have killed Leia off in Last Jedi. Yeah. Yes. I mean, but not even not even that, but like having her just kind of like force come back in, it, it kind of felt a little cheap. She's but Mary to me, Poppins, y'all. Yeah, apparently. Uh, but to me, Luke has to be there. Um, and while I understand like how powerful you have to be as a Jedi to do that, it still doesn't make it emotionally as impactful as it really should have been and being that this would have been the first time we saw luke in action since the original trilogy it felt like kind of a cheap trick kind of like i don't know the ending of uh, force awakens like oh wow we're finally getting to see <laughs> luke skywalker again and it's done oh, all right cool <laughs> like so i at the end of the day i think the last the last jedi to me I'm okay with what we got as long as Luke is actually there at the end. Actually gets to like Leia, uh, sorry, Ray actually gets to see the power of the Force wielded through Luke. And Kylo gets to see that destroying everything and starting over is not the answer. So it's just way more emotionally powerful to me than than what we got. Now, obviously, like you and I are of the understanding like, Disney kind of let Ryan Johnson write them in a corner, and then we got Rise of Skywalker, and it is what it is. Yeah. Was that your last one? You got one more. Uh, As far as, like, non-horror? Because I got two more. Oh, go for it, because I just have okay. one more. 
Okay. So um, this is kind of like a kind of a gimme uh, for those who have seen a fantastic horror film called The Descent. And I think I think Nate already knows where I'm going with this. Yeah, uh, it's not the, mine, the, but which, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So The Descent is a fantastic movie about a group of girls that go in into a cave system to explore. They end up getting trapped, finds out that they're not the, the first ones in there like they thought, and uh, end up getting like basically one by one hunted down and killed by a, uh, these like ancient cave dwellers. It's very terrifying, honestly. Um, the weird part is that the there's two versions of the film. Yep. One is for the UK, one is for the US. And the UK version is significantly better in its editing. And I wish that was the universal one. Which and the UK which one the is version which? that what's up? Which one's which? So I'll gotcha. so in the American version, our main our main protagonist, she gets gets through, gets that burst of air, she gets in the vehicle, she's at, finally she's out, she drives that sucker as far as she can, and then gets off to the side of the road, pukes because she's like traumatized and looks over and sees the the her dead friend or whatever then it scared jump scares goes to credit that's the american version the uk version it jump scares and then flips to show that she fell and and, and she's de- dying back in the cave and her escaping was just in her head and i personally i, I think uh, the, the the theme of this episode is josh likes bad li- likes uh uh dark endings See? better than anything and i like that ending better See, here's why I don't like it. I've I've seen both endings. Um, well, mm-hmm. one because clearly the British one can't be canon because they made a sequel with that same actress. Yeah, again. unfortunately. But my issue with it is, uh, basically she, like, she goes crazy. So she's there. She's just picturing, like, she's talking to nothing basically, and all the creatures are surrounding her. I more have issue with it's not really a character that was set up to be one of those that would like emotionally break. Like if anybody would, that's okay. I, if there's I'll one character that, yeah. that make it out because she's mentally tough enough, it would be this character. So like, man, I also don't like fake outs like that. Like that's fair. Uh, when you and I talked about the green Knight, of just like, I know this is a fake out, but I don't like extended fake outs like this. I've just like, it feels <laughs> well, <cheap. laughs> the green Knights fake out was like almost five, 10 minutes long. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I personally am not a huge fan of fake outs, but I think giving, it gave me like 1408 vibes of like, Oh good. Yeah. Character I think got I'm a little out. different than that. Psych. I, I'm different so. with the 1408 fake out because that fake out didn't, end the movie there was still more that's fair it's like another layer of hell for him to go through type of thing as opposed to the descent or um yeah so okay that's fine let's add some stuff then let's uh, that's the whole part part of this is fixing bad endings right so i'm gonna go after uh, i like that fake out ending but okay so let's say it fakes out and she's getting surrounded let's say her like she does something to still get out like the fake out is the thing that drives her and go okay no I'm not at dying here. And she does some, I, I forget the, all of the, the stuff that happened that she has at her disposal, but she fights her way out to, and still survives because of the fake out. I will meet you halfway. Okay. Okay. It's a fake out. She still dies in the cave, but all the creatures mm-hmm. surrounding her. I don't know the creature's biology. 
but all the creatures surrounding her are the transformed versions of her dead friends. <gasps> Ooh, okay, I like that a lot. I like that I a lot, too. I don't know if that's, like, something that can happen with that of like if people can transform into the cave dwellers or if they've always been there but yeah because like, they, ne- they never really explain or really like explore those cave cave dwellers but if that was a detail oh dude and like doing the fake out and coming back and go oh no i'm still trapped holy crap those are my friends and they're about to eat me like that is just that's so much more terrifying than like the the endings that we got absolutely i think it's just hilarious that you and i are very much like your they all dark. should die, which is funny because my last one that we'll talk about here in a little bit is a little more optimistic. Your, your, ending, your ending's your ending's dark, but uh, it could be it could be darker. Yeah, it's more fulfilling. All right, what's your last one? I'm curious. Um, it is a movie I saw once, and we everybody pans as hilarious and stupid because of this these this ending and because of the details that of the of the the thing that gives our characters victories the mist so signs is traditionally hilarious <laughs> in this ending <laughs> right because like ah oh, the water got him <laughs> got him um obviously that's a detail i want to get rid of so for those that don't know signs is an trip. alien yeah, Scientist is a movie about aliens that do crop circles in this in these guys yards and then they can kill them with water and blunt objects swing but away like, mel and like <laughs> to quote a vampire book i read in middle school you stab anything with a wooden stake through the heart it's gonna die so yeah like what? you hit anything with a blunt object of course it's gonna die bro like what is wrong with you to me God, this is really going the theme of us, where we just want, like, we want our characters to suffer. <laughs> um, that's fine. Let's have him beat beat the crap out of an alien. Absolutely. Blunt force trauma, baseball bat, just boom, 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 boom. And another one comes through the door and and, and pins them down or whatever. And it's like, um, you know, hey, like, yo, you thought, like, this was just about you? Like, you thought we were just here for you? Oh, no. Like, crop circles are just our way of marking a planet for disintegration. And so then it pans out, and there's an alien invasion coming in. Instead of just being like, yeah, we're going to win in the end over these... these, these, Surprise! It's a war of the world's people. Like, to me, like, to me, I, I can't fathom... And every video I've ta- I've watched about science that brings up this problem. You're telling me this this intergalactic race that has conquered the absolute secret and just m- mind-boggling problem of space travel, and they come and they can only communicate through crop circles. Okay, sure. So if that's the case. Fine. Let's make the crop circles actually mean something to the aliens and not just like, all right, we gonna do things. <laughs> oh no, not water. Uh like I'm not even gonna get into the world of worlds thing where their aliens die because okay. of bacteria, but yeah. Okay. I will give War of the Worlds a pass because yes. that is how the aliens are defeated in the original H. G. Wells book. So I get that yes. there would be like and also like that makes more sense to me than water. Like, yeah, I, I agree. Having had the world shut down for almost two years because of a, a virus, I can absolutely understand how a grouping of individuals could be destroyed by a foreign substance. Like, I, I agree. A war of the I, worlds I, think, I give a pass to. 
I don't give a pass yeah. to Dakota Fanning squealing, but that's a whole other separate yeah, issue. Yeah, it's all other. I think the thing about War of the Worlds, that point that I've always seen brought up, and I would bring up as well, is I'm okay with it if it's if it's like if the movie wasn't built around like being a summer blockbuster and not like this, like, Oh wow. Like this is intrigue. It's intense. People are literally getting vaporized, like going as hard as it does in the book to where that's the thing that, that does it. It's like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Cause whereas like with signs, um, bro, you literally came to a planet that is like 90% water. And you're like, Oh, that's my weakness. How that's like Superman going to a planet made it of, out of kryptonite and being like, oh, wait, that is what happened. That's why his his family's dead anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just, is it though? Yeah, because isn't, isn't it like kryptonite just like the remnants of his planet? Yes, but they didn't. His parents didn't die because of kryptonite. They died because they used up the planet's natural resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they so depleted anyway, everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah but so, it's to, to me i think just like the idea of of uh aliens going to a planet where that is like almost completely their weakness doesn't make sense it'd be like us going to saturn and not wearing helmets like that's stupid i mean there's a really really easy joke there with another planet but <laughs> i won't be a 13 year old boy and make that joke today about pluto um yeah 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 yeah, yeah, pluto, yeah pluto, that's the one pluto, i was thinking pluto. You heard yeah, about the, Pluto? The, the planet that's on the that's on the bla- the back end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear about Pluto? It's messed up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my last one, I saved for last because I had a Markiplier big brain moment when I was thinking of All this. I'm just wrinkles. going looking at my movie shelf, just going that movie. Oh, I can bridge the gap. So <laughs> this movie has two equally bad cuts of the movie the theatrical cut and the producer's cut and two wildly different endings but both of them suck for so justice league oh wait I said both of them suck uh, <laughs> no no i don't even think josh has seen this halloween six the curse of michael myers isn't that the one where it's like a cult and that's the thing that like creates my okay yeah i have yep. i saw it like once in college and yep. that was it and i could do it better so that <laughs> uh, I could probably do it better too. That the movie so, is not good. Halloween six for context. Um, the beginning of the movie shows a new Jamie who is the main like hero four and five played by a completely different actor, but that's a completely separate story. She gets killed at the beginning by Michael Myers. And now we have Paul Stephen Rudd throughout the movie as Tommy Doyle, the kid that, was babysat by Jamie Lee Curtis in the original movie. Um, and Jamie in four and five and the beginning of six is supposed to be the daughter of Laurie Strode from the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. The end of Halloween six reveals that Michael belongs to a cult and is controlled by the power of Sam Hain, basically of like, you have to kill everyone in your family or whatever. So the two different versions of Halloween six are equally stupid, but one of them is, Paul Rudd in complete druid costumes is able to trap Michael in a circle because he puts like pebbles on the ground with ancient runic symbols on them. And that freezes Michael and basically (laughs) makes him stop. The theatrical version has Paul Rudd beating Michael Myers with a lead pipe and then injecting him with green goo. And it just, (laughs) that's so much better. That just kind of ends the movie. And then, the very next movie was a complete quote-unquote reboot with Halloween H2O. 
here's how we can fix everything and go from <laughs> four to H2O, actually. Okay. So we have Jamie Lee. We have Jamie, not Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie, still die at the beginning, whatever else, have most of our movie, except, you know, make it better, cut out the cult stuff that's revealed at the end, still have Michael um, chasing Paul Rudd, but in this lab or what, like, location wherever that he's hunting Paul Rudd, it's explained to the audience that Laurie Strode is still alive and didn't die in the car accident that they said she did in the fourth one. That's why Jamie is mm. there and with the foster family. Laurie Strode is still alive and abandoned her daughter, Jamie, that she basically left to some other family, thinking Michael wouldn't come after her if she dropped her off with someone else. And maybe if I change my name to, I don't know, Carrie Tate and move to California, Michael won't find me. So mm -hmm. now Michael and the audience knows this. He almost kills Paul Rudd, but Paul Rudd survives because Paul Rudd. Uh, he almost kills Tommy Doyle and leaves. The movie ends with him going to California to go hunt down and kill Laurie once and for all, setting the stage for what we already know will happen with H2O. It, all you have to change with H2O is just take out the opening scene where Michael goes to uh, Dr. Loomis's house and goes through all his records to more or less tell us what we can just explain in this one. So four ended mm -hmm. on a big cliffhanger with Jamie killing her stepmom. Five ended up with a big cliffhanger with Michael Myers escaping prison with the man in black. Six could end with the cliffhanger of holy crap. Laurie Strode is still alive and Michael's hunting her down. So a barely alive Tommy Doyle has to beat Michael to California to warn her. That way we can get Tommy and Lori together for H2O, where it's, we are we all love H2O, it's great, but have that proper context leading into it. And H2O is no longer just a sequel to one and two. It becomes a one, two, four, five, six, and seven, a multi-movie arc. You can retcon it, you can just slide it right into that and it it flows a lot better and don't have this weird, awkward four, five, six trilogy that doesn't really connect into anything. You can, you can make it tangentially. Cause at one point it was supposed to be that in H2O that Lori finds out that she had Jamie. So I think it would be interesting if we introduce that back into the timeline, she mm -hmm. had good reason for abandoning her daughter saying, if Michael doesn't know you're my daughter, he will leave you alone type of thing. But bring that full circle, streamline the storyline also, that clips some branches from Halloween and just kind of makes it a much more streamlined storyline as opposed to reboot over reboot over reboot. Even though, yeah, even though the the new ones are pretty good and like at least the first one of Rob Zombie is not half bad, uh, I do wish like those first six or whatever could have been way more streamlined and just a more straightforward story. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that works for me, man. Like, absolutely, I would watch that movie. <laughs> absolutely just seeing paul rudd go go to town with a with a lead pipe works it works on michael where like really works for me i don't know why yeah yeah and have him survive and be like hey i was there laurie so get them yeah get them reunited i think that'd be really really cool well especially if he ends up showing up in uh halloween uh ends he would no so he won't because he was in halloween kills remember 
Tommy or J Tommy or was, Paul Rudd? Tommy was the one that started the Evil Dies Tonight chant. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing no, was, I it, mean, uh, it was Paul supposed Rudd. To, it was supposed to be Paul Rudd, but he was filming Ghostbusters Afterlife at the time, so he couldn't make it. Ah, uh, which sucks. That's fine. Well, let, let's get Paul Rudd in Halloween Ends then. Yeah, well, they're already done filming, dude. Well, it's probably he, he's probably so he's probably already there. That's what you're telling me. So, <laughs> what do you guys think? What are some really <laughs> bad movie endings that you just? thought the movie did not stick the landing at all and what would you have personally done to kind of tweak the story to make it a little more cohesive or something you like a little better let us know in the comments below we always like hearing from you guys and as always if you like what you hear and you want to hear more subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to it's on whether it's itunes google podcast youtube and if you haven't already subscribed to us on youtube help us get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year so we can we can talk about jar jar we can reach our goal we're we're getting we're making some good headway but we need your help to get there so as always stay sharp movie guys and gals